Dexter Braff, founder and president of the Braff Group, returns to HME News in 10 to talk about current trends in M&A. Hear what Braff has to say about why it's more expensive to complete an acquisition these days, what buyers and sellers are doing to get deals across the finish line, and why M&A remains an important piece of growth strategy for companies. Today's podcast is proudly sponsored by HME News, the premier news source for the HME industry. As we approach the year's end, don't miss out on staying informed. Ensure your free subscription is active without any lapse. Visit hmenews.com forward slash subscribe now to either sign up or confirm your subscription status. Stay connected with the latest in the HME industry with HME News. I'm Liz Bollier. And I'm Teresa Flaherty. And this is HME News in 10 from HME News. Welcome, Dexter. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, Dexter, uh, deals have slowed down considerably for HME companies this year compared to last year, and I understand they're on track to be the lowest in several years. Does that surprise you at all? Not really. First of all, I think the most important thing for an HME provider to understand is that not only is that not different than what we're seeing across all the healthcare service sectors that we cover, but it's also happening globally across all segments. So the M&A world in general is at some of its lowest points since the global financial crisis of 2008-2009. And so volume and dollars spent is way, way down. And it's actually been happening over about an 18-month period of time, essentially since mid-2022. Going into 2023, we suspected that it was going to be a down year. I think it's more down than I would have anticipated. And I think we thought that it was going to be picking up in the third or fourth quarter, which has not happened yet. But hopefully sometime in the not-too-distant future, we'll begin to see things pick up again as buyers you know, can't really stay on the sidelines for long periods of time because it just compromises their growth plan. Dexter, what factors are contributing to the slowdown? It's several, but the biggest ones are, the most prominent one is rising interest rates as Federal Reserve has increased its interbank interest rates, all other interest rates follow. And so we were almost in a interest-free environment for many years. That's no longer the case. So borrowing costs have become more expensive, making it more expensive to do an acquisition. The inflation is really significant, so it's taken a bite out of earnings. We've got continued staff shortages, which are another contribution to slowing down of the uh, of businesses that people are looking at buying. And then we're also coming off of a, call it a five-quarter, maybe six-quarter, spree of acquisition activity from 21 through the first half of 22, where the valuations were just excessively high. And after a period like that, when you add in these interest rate hikes, inflation, staffing shortages, buyers are just shell-shocked. And they're just in a, you know, in a retreat mode, looking for a little bit of distance from how much they had spent two years ago to where they are today. But again, most of the businesses that 
we operate in, and certainly is the case with home medical equipment. These are referral source driven businesses. It is very difficult to steal shares from another competitor. And so the most efficient way of growing your referral base is through acquisition. And absent of that, it's very expensive to grab share from somebody else. And so if companies want to grow, M&A is just a very important part of that strategy in a referral-driven business. For the deals that are getting done, are you seeing more creative deal structures as a result of the tougher climate? Yeah, the most significant change in deal structure that we've seen is a, an introduction or let's say a reintroduction of sellers holding notes. So instead of a buyer going out to a lender and trying to get a loan, they're going to the seller and saying, okay, I'm going to give you $10 million for your business, $7 million cash or close, and we're going to give you a note for $3 million that we're going to pay off over a certain period of time. What's problematic about that is that when the buyers are doing that, they're not offering higher interest rates than the banks are. They're offering lower interest rates. And the risk return factor that we would look at in, in some of these loans would demand a higher interest rate than what the sellers are getting. And the reason why the buyers are asking the sellers to do it is to get better terms than they can get from, from the bank. Now, that doesn't mean that it's a bad deal. What we would do in something like that is we would take a look at the interest rates that the buyer is paying, take a look at how cash is going to be paid out over whatever the protracted period of time is, and then discount that at an interest rate that's more apropos of what the lending environment is. So what that would mean is that we might say that that $3 million note is only worth $2.7 million based on the low market interest rate that you're getting. But that doesn't make it a bad deal if $9.7 million for your business is an attractive purchase price for the company. Dexter, you mentioned there had been a, a spree there for over several quarters of buying. And that brings me to my next question. You know, several of the national companies that were reliably rolling up smaller companies have definitely pulled back on buying. Do you expect that to continue, or are they just waiting to see if the economy will turn around? Tough to tell. My business side of me says I, I hope it comes back. I think that there are still large players out there that would otherwise be make acquisitions, otherwise be making acquisitions, but they're definitely sitting on the sideline. So at least for the time being, I'm going to bet that HME goes with the rest of healthcare services and, in fact, the rest of M&A, where at least we should begin, begin to see a pickup of activity, maybe not to where it's been in the past, but at least more than what we're seeing today. So as we head into 2024, are you thinking that we might see a rebound in deals? It would be hard for me to imagine it would stay as low as it's been, put it that way. If we look at the, I'm looking at my information right now. If we look at the five years from 2017 through 2021, the average number of deals that were being done were 68 deals a year. In 22, it was 43. And in 2023, if we annualize the first three quarters, it's 37. And that's a, a very significant drop-off from where it had been in the past. And so 
these are some of the lowest numbers we've seen. And that just is not something that we would expect to see in a market environment where we haven't seen, uh, to the best of my recollection, any significant regulatory or other external factor that has suddenly made home medical equipment less attractive than it was three years ago. For h and &E, are there any particular product categories that you have been seeing the most demand for, or do you predict there'll be any shifts in that, and why? The reality of it is, is that the most number of transactions that we've seen over the recent past have come from complex rehab, but they're not large deals. They're, they're relatively small, and that, that has been the case for a while. Uh, so, But outside of the complex rehab, then what you get to is your traditional respiratory companies with a little more emphasis on CPAP and then increasing emphasis on continuous glucose monitoring. So those two product categories have enjoyed some substantial increase in interest, you know, in addition to your traditional oxygen. And then finally, congratulations are in order. I know the BRAF group just celebrated 25 years and I believe 300 and 75 healthcare transactions. How has yeah. healthcare deal-making changed during that time? You know, it's funny because, like, thinking back 25 years, that was a long time ago. But I would say the most significant thing that if I had to pick one item that has changed steadily over the 25 years that we've been in business is how extraordinarily difficult it is now to get through due diligence and closing a deal. In the past, once you signed a letter of intent, the percentage of deals that would not close after signing a letter of intent, you know, would probably be in the, you know, 10 to 20% range. Today, the percentage of deals that don't close after they've signed a letter of intent are easily in the 40% range. Uh, buyers have gotten extraordinarily more detailed in their due diligence, and they've gotten extraordinarily less flexible in their willingness to acquire a company that has even a, a small deviation, not necessarily even from what the government expects with respect to reimbursement, but the standards that the buyer has set for themselves, which are often more stringent than what um, government payers have established. So getting a deal across the finish line is just achingly difficult now, which for us doubles down on a strategy that we've always believed in, but is even far more important today. And that's that when we get a client aligned, have a signed letter of intent, we try not, not to do that until we absolutely know what the next two, you know, one or two offers might look like because the possibility that we might wind up doing a deal with the second buyer or even the third buyer is far more likely today than it was 25 years ago. Great. Well, thank you, Dexter. This has been enlightening as always, and I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And that's HME News in 10.